The following sermon is by Manny Alaniz, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Drink from the Spirit. Drink from the Holy Spirit. Let us prepare our hearts to hear God's truth through the preaching of His Word, which begins with prayer. Let us pray together. O living God, for whom nor, no door is closed, no heart is locked. Draw us beyond our doubts till we see your Christ and touch his wounds where they bled for others. This we ask through Jesus, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in unity with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. There's, a, there's an old saying, uh, an old... Um, a question, but it, it's actually a saying you may have heard. Um, and it goes like this, okay? If a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? Okay, we've heard it before. So those. If a tree... Uh, if a tree falls into force and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? Now, some men got together and they kind of made a little variant of that. And they said something like this. It goes like this. This is a saying. It's kind of like the other saying I just said. It, said. it goes like this. It says, if a man speaks in the forest and there is no woman around to hear it, is he still wrong? That's it's a joke, but okay, so that, that is, the reason for this, this, this saying is, this is, uh, these, these, these sayings are an adoption, they're, they're, they're adaptable. They're adaptable to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're adaptable to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we've spoken about just now in our passage we just had read. If a believer exercises, if a believer exercises his or her gifts, spiritual gifts in a vacuum. In other words, where nobody else is around. Where there's nobody there to be edified, does it still benefit others? If a true Christian, a believer, exercises his or her spiritual gift where there's nobody else around, where there's nobody else to be edified, does it benefit anyone? Does it benefit? And the answer is no. No. Gifts are for the benefit of the body, the body of Christ, for the benefit of the spiritual gifts, for the benefit of the others. Today we're returning back to, to our sermon series uh, from the first letter of Corinthians. Today we're back in chapter 12. Looking at the charismatic gifts, 
of the Holy Spirit. The charismatic, the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit given to believers, believers in God's church to be used for the edification, that is the benefit, the building up of the body of Christ. So we're back in chapter 12, where we're looking now, we're going to get a little deeper into Paul's, uh, Paul's writings about the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. I use the word charismatic gifts because that's what's written in the Bible, okay? Um, the word uh, charis, the word charis uh, is, is the English transliteral translation of the Greek word grace. Charis, grace. Mata is the Greek word which means gifts. Charismata, you've heard of that, right? The charismatic movement, the charismatic movement. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. These are gifts, the gifts of grace that God, the Holy Spirit, uses for the furtherance of the body of Christ, the body of Christ, to be sure, to be sure. The Bible uses the word charis. The Bible does use charismatic and uses the phrases charismatic, charismatic gifts. But it has nothing to do with the charismatic movement in this country and throughout the world. It has nothing to do with that. And the reason for that is because, unfortunately, that movement has taken on a bad connotation. Now, what could have been, what could have started as a good intent, has now moved into several of the several of the churches that belong to that movement have really moved outside of the Bible, outside of the Bible spectrum, even into the demonic realm. So we are guarded when we use that phrase. But that phrase is in there. We don't want to make a mistake that, that we think that nobody here, that our church doesn't have spiritual gifts. It does. This church is, is filled with members, people that are spiritually gifted by the, by the Holy Spirit himself. But unfortunately, for many churches uh, in this charismatic movement, there's been, uh, they have corrupted the scriptures. You see, it appears that Satan has got into this movement like he's got into many other churches. He's got into this movement and it started influence, influencing the movement to the point of demonic, having the demonic, being demonic, so to speak. I mean, some members of this movement will grab poisonous snakes and kiss them or whatever they do with poisonous snakes and they're dead and they get sick and many died and this type of nonsense which has nothing to do with the scriptures, okay? They've gone beyond the scriptures. See, that's what Satan does. Doesn't Satan do that? Satan is, tried, is always trying to attack God's church. He's always trying to attack God's church. So how does Satan do it? Well, Satan has not succeeded in God's true church. Satan has not succeeded in getting the Bible from the church and getting the Bible away from us. He's not succeeded in that. But what Satan has been able to do is get the church, to get some churches away from the Bible. Does that make sense? What Satan has been able to do 
is get the charts, some charges, to get them away from the Word of God. So everything now is distorted. But we will talk about the gifts of tongues and the gifts of this movement. Because what's, what's happened, again, I, I go back to the, this charismatic movement, only because it, there's so much damage that it's done uh, to, to churches that are called Christian churches. One of the things that it's done is that it has added to, so to speak, what it means to be a Christian. Now, to, to be a Christian, you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, just like it says in the Bible, just like Jesus talked about. Well, some churches in this movement, unfortunately, have added to that and, and says, well, you have to show me evidence now. You have to show evidence that you are, are that the Holy Spirit is within you, and you do that by speaking in tongues. That's not in Scripture. That is not written anywhere in Holy Scripture. Uh, and again, we'll talk about that on another Sunday. Today we're just going, going to continue to talk about what, what Paul is talking about, to look at this gift of the Spirit as they come from Holy Scripture. Today we're looking at how one body composed of many members who drink of the Holy Spirit function as the incarnate body of Christ. That's what Paul is talking about today. He's talking about how one body composed of many members who drink of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can function as the incarnate body of Christ. That's a lot. That's a lot to be said. That's kind of scary to think that that's what our church is, but it is. Now, as we turn to our, to our text, we see a couple of points that stand out real quick, and we'll take a look at them. One of the, one of the points is that believers are interdependent. Believers are interdependent parts of Christ's body. And that Christ's community is a charismatic, a charismatic community. It means Christ's community possesses gifts, gifts of the Spirit. Now, what happens to some of us is because it's not talked about at all, we feel that we don't have, we're not gifted by the Holy Spirit. So we'll take a look at that. And, and we're being, and what I'm telling you now is that we are, and this church is. So as we turn to our passage, uh, let's quickly re reflect on what we've learned so far, because it's been a few weeks since we looked at this. So let's quickly reflect what we've learned so far uh, from the last time uh, regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Being gifted with natural abilities and talents is not the same as the gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, some of the tendencies may help, okay? But it's, but it's two different things. Being gifted, we talked about this last time, athletes or, or musicians, singers sometimes are gifted with, with being able to hear their vocal tones or something, and then they work on their music and they get better at it, okay? It's some natural talents, okay? Born with type stuff. Well, that's not what it means to be gifted by the Holy Spirit. To be gifted by the Holy Spirit is exactly that. You have to be a true believer baptized by the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit only come to true believers who are baptized by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, I, I don't want you to feel threatened by that. 
because God is a gracious God, and he gifts, he has gifted his people to be a part of this body, his body, body of Christ. So when Paul, the Apostle Paul is speaking about what the Apostle Paul is speaking about in our text regarding the gifts of the Spirit are gifts that God has given, again, to believers who have been baptized. So from this, we're going to turn to our first point. Our first point is that believers are interdependent parts of Christ's body. Christ's body. Believers are in the, uh, interdependent parts of Christ's body. So what does that mean? Well, it, it means that each of us have been gifted by God, the Holy Spirit. And, and if you have a question about how you're gifted, that's something that we, you and I can talk about, uh, and, and we can talk more about it, okay? But, but they're true and they're gifts that God has given, and there are many. And, and what's spoken about in our passage and, and beyond it in, in this chapter uh, it's not exhaustive. There, there's more gifts. Okay, that's how big God is, basically. But what it means by interdependent is that each person's gift work together. They're inter they depend on one another to make up this what body of Christ to make up this body. They're inter. We're we are uh, interdependent. Okay. But when we start looking at at our at this verse, the verse that we just read. And looking at interdependent and what that means, let's break down what it means to be a member. Okay, now I, I got on my on my on my car uh, my truck keys. Okay, on my keychain, I have a little tag on there, and that little tag says that I'm a member of Gold's Gym. Believe it or not, a member of Gold's Gym, and I use that to get into the gym and use their facilities. That's one of the benefits of being a member of Gold's Gym. And we have memberships in, in, other, in other organizations, right? We are members of other organizations. Uh, but is that what it means to be a member of the body, the body of Christ? Is that what it means? No, that's not what it means. That's a, that's a, um, certainly a, uh, um, that's already a membership, but it's not a member. When it talks about a member, it's talking about something even bigger than that, something uh, that that is like a necessity, a, like a, or a, a part of our, our an organ of, uh, within our body, okay? When Paul talks about a member, he, in our passage, in this chapter, it refers to our membership as a part of our physical body, a physical body. And, and then he goes on in, in, in this chapter to talk about how the physical body depends on itself to be, to be complete. There is not one part of our body that's independent, that works by itself and lives on its own. And no, it dies. The hand or the eye or, or anything that wants to be alone cannot survive as a body. To survive, we as a member, as a part of the body, the hand, the eye, whatever it may be, have to work together to be uh, a part of the body. They're, they're, um, that's what Paul's talking about, this interdependency, this Christ community of interdependency between the members of the body of Christ. When Paul talks about this, there's a, in as you read this, and he's talking about how the different body parts work together 
to make this human body. There's some shadows of Genesis chapter 1 and 2 on how this perfect human body functions. A perfect human body would function. And Paul is making the comparison with a perfect human body built in Genesis to the perfect human body of Christ built by Christians, built by true believers who have different gifts, who are inter, uh, interwoven with each other to make this perfect body of Christ. Does that, is that kind of scary when you hear that you're a part of something bigger, of this body to, that, to, that, that functions as one, as the body of Christ? You're, you're a vital part. Each of us are a vital part that work together, that are interdependent on one another to be this body of Christ. This interdependency on one another uh, functions, functions as a body. Now, in verse 27 of this chapter, he says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Individually members of this. When, to think about that, that's what I, I, guess, I guess that's where I'm getting at, that, that you realize your importance to the body, but you don't stand alone. You're not operating independent of, of the body. You are a part of the body. You are a part of the function of the body. And, and, and you're built to, to operate together, together as a human body. That, that's what Paul's telling us. We're operating as a, as a perfect human body, and that body being Christ. And he says so. And so it is with Christ. Now, here... If you read this, you would want to, when you read that verse, it's verse 12. When you read that verse, it could be a little confusing, okay? But when you read that verse, I want you to notice the language, okay? The language that Paul uses that he goes back and forth from. He uses the language, he uses the word spirit, and he changes it to body. And he does that so we can focus, so our focus will remain on God. So he goes from spirit, then he goes from body, and then he goes back to spirit, and he goes back to, to, uh, to spirit, and then he goes to Christ. He does that to keep our focus on God. Paul's language then moves from the spirit to Christ. What, let me read verse 12, and I want you to, to normally how this would flow, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read it the way it would flow, at least for me. Let me read verse 12. It says, for just as the body is one and has many members, we're good, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with, I would read the church, just into that. I mean, it, it kind of flows naturally. You think about the body of Christ, all members are all working together as, as, as the church. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul says, and so it is with Christ. Why would he not say church? Why does he say Christ there? And this is really important. In fact, this is the verses 12 and 13 are, are vital to our passage today. He doesn't say church. He says Christ. Why doesn't Paul use the word church? Because that's what it is. The body of Christ is his church. Well, because to the Apostle Paul, the church is 
The church is not simply an organization finding its unity in a common goal, a common charge. We have this charge to go out and share the gospel. You know, not for Paul, not in Scripture. The church is not an organization that finds its unity in a common goal, like other organizations. The church is the live is the living representative representative. Let me say it again. The church is the living representative representative. Thank you, representative of the incarnate Christ. Okay. And, and you know who's attacking me because I'm getting that messed up. But, but let me say it where it's clear. And I want you to grab what it's saying. I want you to feel what the Spirit is saying to us. When, when Paul writes this word, he says that the church is the living representative of the incarnate Christ. Now, it, I asked you just a few minutes ago, is that, is that kind of scary? Is, is that, doesn't that put pressure on us that if you function as a member of the body of Christ, that you are the living representative of Christ, the incarnate one? You are the incarnate representative of Christ. And so we work together as a church. The church, Paul is telling us that the church is the living representative of the incarnate. Incarnate means human. Human says we're human. The incarnate Christ. That's what the church is. That's what St. Stephen's Chapel is. St. Stephen's Chapel is the living representative of Jesus Christ. Within this Christ community is a charismatic community that is gifted by the Holy Spirit to function as one body, the body of Christ. Paul is telling us that we are gifted, each of us. We, are, we interact we're interdependent like the a human body would be with a hand, foot, or whatever. But but we're blessed with a gift, a giftedness that that works together to be the living representative of Jesus Christ. That's what our church is. That's what the true church is. And that's what Paul is telling us. That's what St. Stephen's Chapel is. Although small and we're growing. We are the living representatives of Jesus Christ, his church, his body, his body of Christ. Our Christ community has been baptized into one body. The unity believers have with Jesus Christ and with one another, the unity that we have with Jesus Christ and with one another is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit himself. And you notice I'm not getting into the gifts. The gifts are important, and we'll talk about them at another time. What's more important is what you, who you are, uh, together, who we are together as his church. And that is the living representative of Jesus Christ. And see, it's bigger than us, right? That's bigger than us. Man, that's, that's I, I, I can't handle that. 
Well, no, we can't handle it. Not us. First, we have to be gifted, and then we are interdependent on one another and work together, being led by Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we reflect. That's what we are a part of. And where do we see this? Where do we see this in action? Well, we see it in action when we were worshiping together. But we also see it in action with the things we did like yesterday at the church picnic. The church picnic is, is, is a great example of the oneness, the oneness of Christ at work together. As members of our church got together and, and worked together to reflect Christ, to, to function as a single body in fellowship and in the proclamation of the gospel, in the proclamation of the gospel. And I pray, and I know it's true, that when people, we met people that we had not met before, got to meet us, they felt the love of Christ, and they saw Jesus in your eyes. And that's what it's about. That's what that's what all this giftedness that Paul's talking about. That he brings it to the big to the big level to the heavenly level, saying that that's what we are we're, we, to to be a to part of his church. If you're in Christ, as you listen to the passage, you listen to the words of the passage. What do you need to hear? What do you need to hear? What, what you need to hear if you're in Christ is, are you wasting your spiritual gifts? Are you wasting your spiritual gifts? Well, what, what does that mean? Well, what that means is, and for people that you know too, the people that might be streaming, are you actively involved in the body of Christ? Actively involved in, in doing something in his church, in, in the body of Christ. And again, I don't want to avoid the word church, but it's bigger just to say church is not big enough because it's Christ. It's him. The living, we are the living representative of Jesus Christ, the incarnate Christ, Jesus Christ. And we're all a part of that. And we've all been gifted in some way or another to be a part of that. And the question is, are you, are you wasting your gifts? Are you, are you wasting your spiritual gifts? To anybody that claims to be a, a Christian, are they wasting their spiritual gifts? Well, if they're not active in God's church, in the body of Christ, they are. They're wasting them. They're wasting their, their giftedness that the, that the Holy Spirit has given them. They need to be a part of the kingdom of God in the here and now by being a part of the body of Christ. If you're in Christ, to be a part of the body of Christ, to continue to, to walk with the Lord, to continue to be a part of this living representative of Jesus Christ, you need to drink of the Holy Spirit. You've already drank of the Holy Spirit because you're, you're saved. You receive Christ as you're saved. That's where it starts. And you get to the point of believing and you receive him as your Lord and Savior. But see, what happens to many of us is we stop there. And, and Paul is saying, it's a continuous thing. You continue to drink of the Spirit. You continue to drink of the Holy Spirit. You, you saturate yourself with the water, the living water of the Holy Spirit, so to speak. And you do it 
all the time. You do it intentionally all the time throughout the day if you need to. And you can talk to him and say, I receive you. I, I, drink, I, I drink from you, Holy Spirit. Help me with this. Help me through this. Lead me. Help me study this passage. Help me pray. Help me through this day. Well, however you want to do it, you, we continue, continually have to drink. Now, he uses, Paul uses the word drink. So use it. Use that word to picture what he's talking about. What do you do when you drink anything? How does that work? If you just drink water, you take it in. It certainly replenishes you. It fills you. Keeps you alive. Use it. Be reminded of that word when you think of God. God the Holy Spirit. And that's what you do if you are in Christ. You are in Christ. The other day, I read an article. Uh, an article about a survey that was taken from about teenagers. It was an article that, that came to the conclusion that the teenagers uh, are sadder, lonelier, and more depressed than ever before. A survey taken by the U.S. CDC, what is the CDC? Center of Disease Control. <laughs> it was taken by the government. Okay, so we get a... We can trust it somewhat, okay? It was, it was a legitimate survey taken uh, because it wasn't about religion, okay? So it was about surveying teenagers. And it was, it was trying to, and, and, and the results of the, no, let me tell you, the survey was taken between 2009 to 2021. And the conclusion was that the, the, there was a persistent feeling of sadness and hopelessness among our teenagers, sadness and hopelessness. And there was an increase from 2009, a 44% increase from 2009 until 2021. Would you buy that? Yeah. Do we buy that? I mean, look at where our, look at how our teenagers, look, look at what our teenagers are being fed, how they're being taught, what they're hearing, what they're seeing social media or whatever, what they hear in school. Think about everything that they're being fed. Wouldn't that be depressing to us to hear? Well, what if that was all they ever heard and they never heard the gospel, the truth, God's truth? But certainly be depressed. And it's getting even worse. It's getting even worse. It's getting even worse. What our teenagers need is to drink of the Spirit. They need to hear the gospel. They need to drink of the Spirit. And we certainly as true believers have to be a part of God's living representative of this church, the body of Christ, have to do our part in getting out there and sharing the message of eternal hope, the message of eternal life in Jesus Christ. For he is our hope. He is our one and only hope. He is the one who brings that hope and who, who's made a kingdom in the here and now through his body who works and reflects him, bringing forth the good news. And that's what it's all about for us, to uh, us who are a part of this church and us who are coming 
to be a part of this church. God is not through with St. Stephen's Chapel, and what he's doing is continuing to grow us and continuing to lead us. Now, sometimes we get a little hard-headed over here, and we forget that we're following him. We're not making the rules up over here. No, no, we, we're following him. He's leading us. It's great comfort in that, great comfort in knowing that he is our leader and that we drink from the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.